what is the link between obedience and our hearts? If our hearts are not fully the Lord's, if we don't constantly remind ourselves that God loves us with an everlasting love, that he is an awesome God, that he has pulled us from death to life, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we will eventually lose the desire to fight sin and obey. All right, welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and it is so great to have you with us today. As you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women put on by women, and our goal is to encourage all women, no matter where they are, that they can be unshaken no matter their circumstances. And the real reason that we can be unshaken is Jesus. What an encouragement today. Maybe today you are feeling quite shaken. Maybe your world has been flipped upside down. I just want to stop and share a couple of verses as we kick off this episode today. These have been greatly encouraging to me in the past few weeks, and I hope they're encouraging to you as we walk into this episode. John 16, In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Isaiah 41.10 Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 34.4-5 I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. And then a little later in the same chapter, verses 15 through 18 are so dear to my heart. It says, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the Lord. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. My favorite part of being on this podcast is remembering that we can be unshaken because Jesus is with us and God is sovereign over all of our situations. I hope that as we begin today, you are encouraged that God is with you wherever you are. All right, let's get kicked off with this episode today. Are you all ready? Here we go. I want to introduce you to my friend and my guest today, Judy Bellis. Judy, it is so great to have you on today. Thanks, Julie. It's my pleasure. Um, so, Judy, before we get started, I always ask some questions, fun questions, easy questions, hard questions. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, and what do you do all day? So, um, I am mom to seven, two girls and five boys, ranging in age from 20 to 34, mother-in-law to three, and nana to 11. 11. Does that count the most recent one? It does. Okay. Yeah. That little baby's cute. These three roles are the ones that bring me the most earthly joy and keep my evenings and weekends very full. Uh, During the weekdays, I am a financial counselor for a retinal ophthalmology group. What does retinal ophthalmology even mean? I don't even know what that means. (laughs) It's um, diseases of the retina in the eye. Okay. So you're not actually working in the medical end. You're in the clerical end. I am a financial counselor, so I okay. work with numbers. I help people with um, if they have a problem paying a bill, if they oh, need gotcha. help paying a bill. Ah, that's so very sweet. I spend a lot of that time on the phone with patients, helping them, and probably you're getting people who are struggling and oh, need help. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. every time. And, yep, yep. Getting somebody help is the best part of my day. Yes, that's nice. Okay, so you've been on the podcast before. Do you remember what that was even about? I didn't until you reminded me. <laughs> um, favorite verses. Oh yes, we did that back. Um, yeah, you were on with a bunch of other women. We had three or four women on that okay. episode. 
Um, do you remember any of them? Probably some of the same ones I still have. Okay, they're still your favorites. <laughs> Somehow that happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they've kind of become life verses. Okay, so Judy, what is one of your most current verses right now that you're clinging to as you go throughout your life? And then why? Psalm 27, um, uh, the verses that have really been my, you know, the, the short part of the chapter are verses 13 and 14. Okay. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Hmm. So when I went back and I read the whole chapter, um, there were a lot of reminders of God's provision, echoes hmm. of singing, God hearing me when I cry and graciously answering. Um, and then, you know, the the why to, you know, why do I despair unless I see the goodness of the Lord? And that's because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Um, mm. The why of why it means a lot to me is um, because when you are going through a dark, a dark place, you always want to see something good. And yep. so my goal has just been to just pray that and ask God to show me something good in the, uh, in the situation that doesn't seem good. That's a great practical example, a great way to take a verse and then use it in your life. You know, because we're not just supposed to read the Bible, we're supposed to take it, you know, and like actually live it. And so I love that because that's just a really practical way. Right. And, you know, that's great that you kind of picked it apart a little bit, <laughs> you know, pulled out your little pieces. Pulled out my pieces. But that's good. I love it. So today we're going to be talking about a pretty hot topic in the church. I'm not sure that it's a hot topic that people really talk about much um, in most churches. It's an important topic, um, but one that we don't always want to follow. We're going to be talking about obedience and how God calls us to obey. Now, this particular episode is not just for mothers. I just want to make that very clear because we're not talking about um, parenting necessarily. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, But really, this is about our own personal obedience to God. Now, Judy and I, Judy, I know this because you're sitting here with me, and we're not here to point fingers and say that, you know, um, the old saying, don't point because you have four fingers fingers pointing back at you, right? Because we are at times disobedient, and I will be honest that I have struggled with obedience to the Lord in many ways. Um, But it is really good for us to stop and kind of take a look at it and kind of take this whole concept and break it up. Uh, That's something I love to do on the podcast. And we're not going to touch everything. We're not going to cover everything. Our goal is really just to get you kind of thinking about obedience, um, what it really is, and then also where in your life are you struggling? So Judy, I wanted to start by asking you to kind of give us some definitions, like what actually is obedience, uh, the definition of obedience in the world, and what is obedience according to the Bible? And how are these alike? And maybe even how are they different? Um. In our world, obedience kind of brings the connotation of subservience and most definitely a negative. Yeah. It's not a positive um, response when you ask somebody. Um, whether it's spousal, ch- child, or a civil relationship, uh, the m- majority of people will not willingly obey anyone else. Mm. Pride keeps not just the unbeliever, but the believer in rebellion against God and authority, and I think our world looks at submission as a distasteful and, you know, pretty much repugnant yeah. um, thing. Except the only place that I think obedience is followed in our traffic laws. Maybe sometimes, <laughs> maybe not always. 
But yes. like most people stop at a stop sign. Correct. Because there's a big problem if you don't, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they okay. pick and choose the ones they want to. There, there you go. That's it, which right there. Everybody does. Yeah. With everything. Yeah. Um, I think in scripture, there are like the like God and disciple, um, husbands and wives, God and Christ relationships. Okay. And all of these are hierarch hierarchical. Good grief. That's a hard word to say. Hierarchical, something like that. Um, and involve relationships, trust, fear, yes. and an object. Um, Christians, they kind of, ha- I mean, they have the desire to obey because they know most Christians, you know, know what they've been saved from. Mm-hmm. And so there's a desire, you know, to obey the one that's saved them. Um and they believe that what he's said is true, whether it's what will happen if you don't obey um, or what will happen if you do obey. Okay, so Judy, since we're talking about what the Bible says obedience is, why don't you give us some examples of people or verses that point to this call for obedience for a Christian? Um, listeners love stories, so I don't know if you have a story for us or not, but I love stories, so. Well, we'll see. Um, Mark 4.35 says, Then they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Uh, John 6, no, John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God will be upon him. Hmm. I found that. Yeah. Um, interesting, you know, the change in... Yeah, you know, actually, Judy, a couple weeks ago, we had, um, I had Jackie Long on, and we talked about um, the topic of God being gracious, and she talked a lot in this about how easy it is to look at a verse, like she talked about the verse, be holy as if, because I'm holy. And she said, if you are all, your your hyper grace, then you think, oh, that's not what they mean. And then if you're legalistic, you're like, I'm going to be holy because I'm holy. So it's interesting, these verses, now we're into obedience, and these verses kind of have that same feel like, is this really what they mean? Do we really have to obey? Right? Right. So it's kind of something to wrestle with. Most definitely. Um, so then story. Um, after Jesus' ascension and coming, the coming of the Holy Spirit, uh, Peter and John were witnessing in the streets and were subsequently arrested. The Jewish leaders charged them not to speak about Jesus. A little while later... Uh, the apostles were healing those that were brought to them. The high priest and the Sadducees arrested the apostles and put them in jail. Uh, during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the jail and led the apostles out with the charge to go and speak the gospel to the people in the temple. While they were doing so, the Lord commanded, doing as the Lord commanded, the same Jewish leaders obviously found out because they were in the temple, and took them into custody again, bringing them in front of the high priest for questioning. questioning. Peter begins his defense by saying, we must obey God rather than men. Hmm. They had been saved, filled with the Spirit, and changed, and couldn't do anything else but obey the voice of God. Hmm. That's a great example about how God changes us. It's people who do not know God cannot obey God in the same way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that you brought up the gospel. You talked about them preaching. So let's talk a little bit about the gospel because this is important in in this. How does obedience actually fit in with the gospel? Because the gospel is clear that we're saved because God called us out of death and darkness and sin, and he gives us new life. It's nothing that we do. So I feel like if we talk about obedience, 
it makes me think that if I'm being obedient, um, that someone might think that's our salvation is based on works, right? It's like what we do that makes us obey. So how do faith and works, or works might be obedience, fit in here? Well, that's a very big, well... (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. So I'm going to let you just kind of dive down <laughs> so in I there, will, girl. <laughs> I will just briefly touch the surface. Let me remind us that we are not touching on everything in this podcast that we could. And so. they're not answering all questions. Right. Um, First Peter 1, 1 and 2. Um, Peter, and then there's a long list of believers in different places. Okay. <laughs> who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to or so that they then obey Jesus Christ. Hmm. That kind of... Puts a an order and a okay an, and a how I mean how do I obey? Well, I obey because I'm filled with the Spirit and changed by the Spirit. So the after the, I've been called, so the Spirit is helping us obey. Right. right. Hmm. Yeah. Romans five eighteen. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. I have, I personally have nothing to do with my salvation. It's all Christ. Um, James 1, 21 through 25 begins, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. It then says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Hmm. Um, and I guess the last, um, 1 John four nineteen. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being by itself. And lastly, we love because he first loved us. Hmm. So it all seems to start, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem, it all starts, <laughs> it all starts with God and yeah. his call and then the change. Yeah. Um, actually, you probably know this song. I'm going to bring up a song. I'm not going to sing it. Okay. But when I was in high school, there was a famous Christian music artist, Rich Mullins. Mm-hmm. I knew you would know this, Judy. And he has a song called The Screen Door. Okay. And it says, um, faith without works is like a screen door on a submarine. And he talks about how you you need both. You need the faith is where it starts. And you need works. Because if not, it's like a, it's not going to do anything, right? You, you have to have the faith is that God puts in us and starts in us. We have to obey God. That's part of what he, requ- he requires right. of us, right? right? And so if you do try to do just have faith without f- obedience to God, you end up like a screen door on a submarine. There's, it's not doing anything. <laughs> and then the same the other way, if you've got works but you don't have faith. So anyway, I'm I'll just... I'll have to go look up that You song. will. You don't know it. I, you, I might if you started singing it. I'm not going to sing it, though. <laughs> Makes me want to. It's kind of like a little... It's kind of got... feels like a little rap. Oh, okay. So you're going to have to go home. You're okay. going to have to go. Everyone's going to look it up now. Okay. But it is, um, it was always hitting my head because it's very catchy. So, okay. all right. And I loved Rich Mullins. I did too. He was a man who loved God and sadly died, but he's in heaven rejoicing. I'm yep. sure of it. So, the rest of us are the ones sad. Right, because we're here and we don't have his music anymore. Okay. Um, okay, so Judy, why is obedience important to a Christian? Give me some good things to think about. Um, obedience is the evidence of our faith. Okay. So it's kind of like that song. Song. Yeah. Yep. God requires it. Yes. Um, Jesus modeled it. Hmm. And he's asked us to model him. Yeah. So. Right. Right. And um, that's interesting. I like your your 
there's, it's simple, but those are very profound statements. You know, obedience is the evidence of our faith. It shows that we actually have faith if we're obedient to God. And then what was the second one? God requires it. Yeah. This is not just an easy, like it doesn't matter. It's a command. It's up to you, right? Yeah, right. It's not just a choice. Oh, today maybe I will, right? right. Yeah, and Jesus definitely modeled it. Um, Judy, have you ever heard the story about the little boy whose mother told him to sit down? In um, this little story is that a little boy looked up at his mother after she told him to sit down, and he said, I am sitting down on the outside, but I am definitely standing up on the inside. I think he said a little more snarky than that, but <laughs> I can um, see it. You know, and so I think this is a perfect example, though, of how sometimes, sometimes I have seen my kids do this, by the way. <laughs> I don't want to throw them under the bus, but yep. <laughs> Probably all kids have, right? Yep. Um, but I think this is a really good example of how sometimes we act as believers. We obey God on the outside of our bodies, right? Or in our outside actions. We go to Bible study, we go to church, we serve people, we serve in the nursery, we talk to, you know, people at work about God, um, but we don't actually obey in our hearts. I know this because I have done this, so I'm sure that I'm not the only one. But why is our heart so important when it comes to obedience? And what are some common ways we obey outwardly, but not in our hearts? Um, 1 Samuel 16, 7 ends with, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Mm -hmm. that right there tells us that what's in the heart is really what matters Mm. to God. Obviously, he wants us to act it out, but Mm -hmm. that's where it starts. Um, Matthew 15, 8, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Matthew 12, 34 through 35, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Mm. That's what I've often thought about. Jeremiah 9, 8, Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceit. With his mouth, one speaks peace to his neighbor, but inwardly he sets an ambush for him. It could be as seemingly inconsequential as giving money to a beggar while mentally thinking, he's lazy, he should get a job. Hmm. Or saying that we need to love our family while loving those in our family that we like or get along with and being unloving in our thoughts and actions toward those who have wronged us or are unlovely in our eyes. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, white lies or partial truths. Um, A child who just obeys out of fear Hmm. instead of, you know, being secure in a parent's love. Um, A wife who submits on the outside but has a rebellious heart. Um, Hmm. And then Ephesians 6.6, which I didn't... That's okay. Write down. It's a good reference. talks about man-pleasing, you know, instead of doing things to please God. And I think that's probably the one that um, is the hardest to recognize. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I think so too. Because I think sometimes we are pleasing man when we are serving God, right? Like we're we're serving in some way or we're doing things, but really we're doing it to please others. Right. Not because of God. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Let's just pause and remember that because that's probably hitting <laughs> us all. Um, something that's interesting in youth group recently, my... Um, one of my kids was telling me that they were teaching, and I thought this was really good. They were teaching on the importance of if you are going to serve God, then you start in your family. If you are going to be obedient to God, you start in your family. Yep. And they were saying, this is where you start. And so, um, you know, like if you want to, you know, if you're going to go serve the, you know, neighbor down the street and rake their leaves, that's great. But really, you need to take the garbage out. 
And I thought that was really, really good because we're all living, most of us living in some sort of a family situation, okay? Maybe not exactly like maybe you have kids who are grown and they've moved out. You know, there's lots of things. But usually that's where it has to start is like right in our home. I think that's in many ways, that's our practice ground. Yeah. That's where God wants us to, you know, to focus first and yep. learn, obviously, because a parent teaches a child and that's the first place they start learning. Yeah. That's the practice ground. Yeah, that's good. Training ground. Yeah. Right. I love it. We, that's that's a great way to think of it. And I think that's helpful for us as mothers when our kids are being disobedient to remember this is their practice ground. So instead of being mad because they're not obeying, we should okay, how can we help them to see? And we we have to discipline. I'm not saying not disciplining, but it's a training ground, right? Right. Instead of expecting them to always obey, because mm-hmm. I don't always obey. <laughs> it really does come down to our heart. Whom we love will prove out in our actions, whether mm-hmm. it's God or ourselves or man. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, that's very true. Okay, so if we have to start with our heart, let's let's talk about how we actually do this. Um, how can we actually obey from our hearts? Our hearts. We only have one heart. Let's try that again. How can we? So how can we actually obey from our heart? Honestly, what do we do? And what should we be aware of so we don't fall into that outward obedience trap? So I came up with some scriptures. Um, Acts 28, 27. Don't let our hearts get dull, hard of hearing, or close our eyes. Mm. That was in a prayer. Um, and how do and how but, do we not get let our hearts get dull? That's a good question. Thinking about that, well, I think we might talk about that later. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's move on then. <laughs> um, Romans two five, humility and repentance. Hmm. Um, Romans six seventeen, commitment to God's word, hmm. and Romans ten ten, remember what you were saved from. Okay, so uh, I feel like there's a theme happening here. So we're gonna get to some more specifics on those. I think, as we go throughout the rest. Okay, so Judy, how have you seen obedience go wrong? Like I'm thinking the outward version. How is how is that wrong? So I thought of a Bible story um, in Acts 5. Ananias and Sapphira oh, um, yes. is a somewhat well-known story. Um, it comes about around the time of the early church when the members of the church had all things in common. Uh, There was not a needy person among them as they were all taking care of each other. Mm. Ananias and Sapphira had sold some property for the purpose of giving the money to the church. But instead of giving the wholesale price to the apostles, they held back a portion for themselves. Um, They were trying to look good to those around them Mm. uh, for, you know, just for their ultimate sacrifice of their property. There's that man-pleasing, man-pleasing again. But God revealed their hearts to Peter, who made it known to all of those around, including Ananias and Sapphira separately. Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You Mm. have not lied to men, but to God. Um, So like I said, the scenario happened to both of them separately, but with the same result, which Mm. was death. Yes. Yes. Um, Another thought that I had is just the example of children obeying their parents their parents out of fear of consequences when they're young. Um, When the heart of a child isn't turned toward their parents in such a way that they desire to obey out of love, respect, thankfulness, and trust, then at some point they are more likely to stop obeying and more likely to start fighting. Hmm. Um, They've been living for themselves all along. They just get old enough to figure out that they don't have to anymore. 
Right. Or they have the ability to rebel. So would you call that like passive obedience? No, that's not the right, that's not the right word. Partial obedience. Partial obedience isn't good either. Well, passive partial, rebellion. Partial obedience is disobedience. And partial rebellion, no, 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 no. Passive rebellion is like what we said about the boy in the earlier story. Yeah. Right. Which can be your children if they're not obedient on the inside. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's, obviously, you can translate all of that to a Christian. Yeah. um, Because we do the same things. Um, If we're not doing that, if we're not obeying out of love, respect, thankfulness, and trust, then we're disobeying too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If our hearts are not fully the Lord's, if we don't constantly remind ourselves that God loves us with an everlasting love, that he is an awesome God, that he has pulled us from death to life, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we will eventually lose the desire to fight sin and obey. Hmm. That's really powerful to think about. Like, just the reminders, I think I think the Bible is, has the word remember in it a lot, because mm-hmm. I think this is part of obedience, yeah. is remembering what God has done for us, remembering where we come from, that should motivate us to obey. I think it motivates us for a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it motivates us to have faith. Yep. Yep. Remember. Uh, Remember. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so Judy, one of the things that I have found is that there are often sibling sins, okay? And so I think there's often sins that kind of work together a lot. So what are some of the sister sins that someone should be aware of in regard to obedience or disobedience? And how can we kind of guard against these? Well, I didn't come up with very many because I didn't have it. Pride in rebellion. I mean, we've talked about the rebellion part, and we've talked, we haven't talked a lot about pride, but obviously it goes along with it. Right. <laughs> Not obeying is because we're being self yeah. protective, self focused, and then doing things to please man and not God. I mean, yeah. I think that those are, um, right. S- there's their sister, you know, they're, they're basically disobedience, but they're, why we're maybe why right. we're disobeying right so maybe o- disobedience is like the big umbrella and then underneath it there's a whole bunch of little sins <laughs> that oh. affect it or that are the precursor yes. to it yeah yes yeah because um along with disobedience you might have you have rebellion you have pride man pleasing all these things but then you know you also could it could be that you're you know, you're disobedient because you actually have resentment in your heart towards your parents. Oh, yeah. Or resentment towards somebody. So you're right. There's always like, they always like seem to go together. Mm-hmm. Like I always think, I never really thought about sibling sins, but I think there's a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. So Judy, what are some practical ways that we can practice obedience in our life and be aware of this really natural inclination that we have to be disobedient? Uh, the first thing is being in community, hmm. um, practicing humility. Um, by asking the Holy Spirit to reveal your sin, hmm. um, being known. And those three can be accomplished by seeking out someone older than yourself and pursuing a relationship with them. Uh, they can be um, being a part of a Bible study. Yep. A, you know, being known is, by, is a relationship. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be a spousal relationship. Right. right. Um, in fact, you should have others that are mm-hmm. speaking into your life. Um, Continue in your own growth pursuit so that you can add to the truths you know by staying in the Word, mm. you know, like in a Bible study. And this is one that I've found that I have 
obeyed on the outside and not necessarily had the heart's desire to, okay. to be there. But there are instances where if you're obeying God, it's kind of like obeying by forgiving someone. Mm, you know, you can right. choose to forgive, but your heart might not be there yet. So, right. I mean, I think sometimes I've not wanted to be in a Bible study right. for various emotional reasons or whatever. And by being obedient, God has blessed that. Yes. That's really good because that's true of our kids too. Like sometimes we have to say to them, right now I just want you to choose to obey and just do what's right. And then they may not understand it, right. you know, why they can't drive their bike across the street. You know what I mean? Right. And sometimes we can't explain everything, you right. know? So yeah, that's a really good point. You're right. There's sometimes there is the outside obedience, knowing that the heart is coming along. And, you know, that outside obedience, you're still doing it because God's yeah, called you to do that's it. That's right. So you're obeying what God has asked you to do. It's just that you might not feel like it at the time. Right. Right. Um, practice gratitude. Mm. Uh, remember what you've been saved from and to and what God's done in the past. There's that word remember again. <laughs> and here's probably my other favorite verse that I okay. talked about last um, Time we talked was is Second Corinthians ten five. Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Hmm. Um, practice being aware of your thoughts and then speaking truth to those that are disobedient to the truths you know, hmm. which then propels you into you know being in a Bible study or a small group so that you can learn more truths so that you can continue to combat those thoughts. That's good. That's a really good. Those are good and very practical. Like I love the practicality of being in community with people. You know, being in a Bible study, a small group, even just going to church on Sunday morning, that is such a powerful part. Like, I really think our weeks should be, should be, the anchors should be those things. Right. Like Sunday should be an anchor for church and maybe Wednesday or whenever you have Bible study. I have Wednesday night Bible study, right. but <laughs> but whenever it is throughout the week, those are your anchors that, that keep you going so you don't drift off. And yep. we, we have to have those anchors. And I love this practicality all the way through what you just said. And, you know, we're back to remembering that's part of what you said, remembering what God has done for us and what we've been saved from and what we are saved to. That's so good. So, so good. Okay, so Judy, now let's get down deep and dirty in this, okay? <laughs> what about you? Have you ever struggled with obedience? Maybe you have been outwardly obedient versus inwardly obedient, or you struggled with some of those same sins we talked about, those sibling sins, right, that go along with disobedience. Um. So we talked about my struggle with, you know, a Bible study and a yeah. small group and whether I do I sign up this year, I'm really overwhelmed with life and, you know, just obeying and doing the thing that God has called me hmm. to do. Um, I think not only am I then being encouraged, but I have the opportunity to be an encouragement to others yes. if I'm in that, if I'm obeying God. Yeah. Um, so I just have to look at my motivation and what what God's called me to do by yeah. being in fellowship and studying his word. And, you know, left to my own, I'm not going to study as as thoroughly yeah. as I will when I'm being held I accountable agree. in a Bible study. Yes, I agree with you. Me too. Um, I've also struggled with questions like, does, you know, this person that I've either asked for um, advice from or... Okay or is an authority over me, does that person have my best interest at heart? You know, okay. do they really love God and are they really, you know... They really love um, me. Yes. Yeah. Is what are, he or she is asking of me really what God is asking? Um, hmm. Does God really have this situation under control? Um, I guess the way that I answer these questions in my heart will determine my actions. 
Um, so if I'm not trusting that person, hmm. then my actions are going to be probably disobedient or even if it's not an outward disobedience, mm-hmm. it's going to be in my heart. Okay, so that's interesting because what you said is sort of like um, the idea that um, that's really what your verse was a little while ago about taking your thoughts captive. You like just walked us through how you do that. Like you said, when I'm asking these questions, I'm thinking, is there disobedience in this thought? And that is really powerful because I know for me, I have struggled a bunch with wrong thoughts. And when I struggle with wrong thoughts, you are you are right. I have to go back and think, okay, where am I being disobedient in my thoughts? Because really that's where this little seed of disobedience starts. I mean, I, um, with um, one of my kids recently, um, my prayers have been about um, desiring salvation for this child. Okay, okay. And yet I also want them to be a responsible citizen yeah. and to not succeed in life, but just to be part of life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I struggle with which one's the obedient, you know, in which right. one am I being obedient? And um, that's a that's where you have to kind of go back to yep. Scripture and say, this is what God wants, right? and he wants their heart. Yeah. And anything else is just fluff. Right. And along with the Lord getting a hold of one of our kids' hearts and changing them, oftentimes God leads them through difficult things right. in the process. And yes. so that's hard as a mom right. to watch them go through that stuff. But in the if we can keep that in our mind as we pray for our kids, that can help us. Right. I'm not saying it's easy. No, it's just one of those opportunities for me to, to rein in my thoughts yes. and to not be dismayed by the circumstances. Yeah. But keeping my eyes on what God's wanting me to pray for. Right. And Which goes back to your word of remember. I feel like that's the theme of this. <laughs> you know, like, especially with our thoughts, remembering helps us to remember what God's done, and yes. that in turn helps us to obey. Right. That's good. Okay, sometimes we think of, well, maybe I shouldn't even use the word sometimes. How about most of the time we think of obedience as a negative thing? I, I know the world does. I mean, I know this is so true in classrooms. It is just not something that is comfortable um, to expect. I know teachers want to expect kids to be obedient in the classroom, but I'm not sure that everybody around likes that idea. Um, I think because as little kids, we're taught to be obedient to our parents and that we've, as we've talked and realized that this obedience actually isn't always that bad. It, it's actually always positive. It's a protective action, like I talked about driving on the road. So I wanted to end with kind of a list of some of the commands of God to us, like Judy, to you, like to me, to anyone who's listening, and how they actually help us. Because just like you said about Bible study, even though you obeyed by attending and obeyed, it actually helped you in the process. So what are some of the ways we're called to obey God that is actually good for us? So um, I went back to Exodus and, you know, one a command that every parent says to their child, and um, hopefully we say to ourselves, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And as I've gotten older, I've learned that that command to honor doesn't cease to apply when you move out of the house or get married. Hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter your age and, honestly, whether your parents are alive. Right. Um, uh, one of the um, other blessings is eternal life. Hmm. John three thirty six. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Righteousness. 
Romans 6.16, do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness? That's relatively plain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, we get God. Um, mm. Jeremiah 7.23, obey my voice and I will be your God. Mm. Uh, we follow Jesus' example and receive eternal salvation. Hebrews 5, 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And 9. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of salvation. Hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit. Acts five thirty two. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And the Holy Spirit helps us. Obey. Right. Yeah. So he's actually giving us the thing we need. Right. Right. Um, I guess I wanted to qualify the list of blessings or results of obedience by saying that these are like snippets of a larger picture to which each of them belong. Um, obviously, all of the chapters right. that those all came from have a story or more information that goes with them. But um, And obviously, there's also stories about people, about obedience right. and all of that, all through Scripture. Yeah, the Bible's full yep. all the way through. Yep. And actually, this is a big theme in the Bible, is obedience. Right. And I'm reading right now in Ezekiel. And um, yes. I'm reading right along with you. Oh, yeah, you are. I knew that. That's right. So in Ezekiel, it seems like every chapter I turn the page to the next chapter, and it's like, you have whored against God, you know? Right. You've gone out, you know, and done this evil stuff, and then there's, con you know, some sort of consequence, and then... You know, there's a return, and of course, Ezekiel's a prophet, so he's speaking all this. But it is really interesting, and that has been the case all through so far what we've read in the Bible, and we're a little more than halfway through. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to keep going. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I remember someone telling me that they were working on something, and they wanted to to grow in that that year. I think it, I think it was a woman we had on the podcast. I think it was April Klein, and now she's April Klein Cage because she's married. But she talked about how she really wanted to work on a particular area in her life. And so that year, starting in January, as she read through the Bible that year, she made notes of where she saw that particular thing. I don't mm. even remember what it was. I just thought, what a great practice. And so this yeah. is something we could do. We could look for obedience. Where do we see disobedience in the Bible, and where do we see obedience, and then you know, keep a running list. You know, I, I think it'd be a pretty long. <laughs> it, <yes. laughs> Maybe you don't have to write everyone down, but just the idea to see this is such an important theme. Yeah. Okay, yep. Judy, last week um, on the podcast, we talked to Aaron Hoot, and um, we discussed these um, sister sins, I called them, the twin sisters, um, bitterness and resentment. And, you know, it's interesting, after I am sat here and listened to you talk today, I'm reminded that a big part of fighting bitterness and resentment is just obeying. Like any of the sins that we've talked about this year on the podcast, where we've talked about how our emotions can kind of go crazy, they don't always go crazy, but they can, it's really just a matter of obedience. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. Yep. It's choosing to obey God when we want to hold onto something in our heart. It's choosing to obey God when we want to remember all the ways someone has wronged us instead of choosing to remember all the things God has done for us. You know, it's choosing to obey God um, when we don't feel like it. And I think the more we choose to obey God with the Holy Spirit's help, the easier it gets. Maybe. Maybe not. I think the more I mean, that I have... it gets easier, as in you know the process, I'm not sure that 
I'm not saying that things get easier, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's yeah, it, we 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 see that there's benefits. Oh, absolutely. And I think that we're well, we're we're kind of back to the same word you brought up, which is remember, remember, remembering those things. If you did not get a chance to listen to that episode from last week, I encourage you to head back to that episode and um and actually those that episode and this one really go together. And I didn't really plan that. Just on a side note, that is God. So. Thank you, Judy, so much for coming on today. You're very welcome. It would, was good. Yeah. Would you Would you pray for us? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to um, speak about how your word applies to us and to certain um, topics, certain situations in our lives, certain things that we struggle with or certain things you've called us to. Mm. We pray, Father, that the, um, the verses that we've we've pointed to um, today and the ideas and the, um, the ways that you have revealed what you want of us um, would really speak to uh, the women that are listening today. Mm-hmm. We thank you that your word does not return void. We thank you that um, it is living and it is active. And we thank you that you love us and desire for us to um, know you and to be known by you. Mm. We thank you for um, this um, podcast and ask that you would um, that you would spread it far and wide to mm. women Amen. who um, need to be encouraged. In Jesus' Amen. name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode today. It has been a great conversation, and I hope that you learned as much as I did. Um, I think we'll probably revisit the topic of obedience multiple times over the next few years. Um, Hey, join us next week as we jump into our first episode of the year, um, of the school year, I should say, from our Mom to Mom ministry. This ministry is for all mothers, so join us as we talk about all the mom stuff from infants well up to, mm, do we really even ever stop being mothers? Nope. So any mom out there would want to listen to this. Join us, all moms, for great discussion and conversations on mothering. And if you are local to Toledo, Ohio, where we are podcasting from, join us the first Wednesday of each month for our mom-to-mom ministry at Christ the Word. It is always a great day. And uh, hey, please follow or like us on Facebook or Instagram at Women of the Word CTW for some great content that is helpful, challenging, encouraging. Don't forget to subscribe also to Unshaken on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out. The more we get, the better it is. And it also helps you out because you get notifications when new episodes drop each and every Thursday. And remember, oh, there's that word, Judy. (laughs) Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.